there, there seems to be this uh, a, a muteness, uh, being mute uh, and, and being quiet and not speaking. And, and what I want to share with you, this is not my message, this is something else. I really have to encourage you to vocalize what is in you. Okay, your faith has to come forward in your words. Now, I'm not getting off into saying that words are magical and have power in themselves. No, you're speaking the will of God. You are speaking forth the word of God. It must be spoken. And the enemy, if, if you know anything about it, what I want to help you with in understanding spiritual warfare is you need to speak against an enemy. All right? He, he um, you can, th- look at if your house is being robbed and you think about calling the police or if you think about yelling help, there's a big difference, isn't there, between actually calling it out, hey, stop, versus Gee, I wish they'd stop. So, I mean, there, there, there's really something I, I, we need to, as a people, we're entering into a time here. How many of you believe in, a, in that there is a warfare going on spiritually? Okay, there's something that moves between the physical and the spiritual. That is words. Words. Something that moves between the physical realm and the spirit realm are the words. The Word of God put on flesh and dwelt among us. He declared His Word. He spoke His Word. And by all things, His Word created all things. So we have to speak. When you praise, biblically, you are to praise audibly. The Hebrew mind understood that when you gave praise to God, you didn't do this. You could think about it all the time. But that is not the fruit of your lips giving praise. What is the fruit of lips? Speaking praise, words, okay? So I just want to encourage you. I want to keep that going in your life. And what's happened is the enemy has caused you to become mute. You, you've, you've become uh, uh, set a, marginalized as believers in a war because we're not speaking up. Okay, so that's, that's a preamble. Here, let's go to the, our study tonight, which, which really speaks about this. Uh, what I want to do tonight is we want to work on level one prophetic. Just a very simple lesson in prophesying, in, pro- in the prophetic, or speaking the Lord's will into people's lives. Now, this is the very most basic level of prophetic. When I say prophetic, it simply is um, God opening a door. It's that simple. A God now moment. It's a moment of speaking into something for the right now by God's timing. And that's simply the, the sense of prophetic, okay? It can get become much more profound. There are prophets and there is prophesying in the congregation. But I'm going to speak at the most basic level of what the prophetic is. And that is speaking a word under the anointing and timing of God. And this is what Paul says about it. Now, I'm not talking about prediction. I'm talking about speaking to a present need. Uh, There is some level of prophecy where you may declare what is going to take place. That's usually held in the realm of those who are called to be prophets. It's it's a high calling, a high level of gifting. Um, uh, But what I'm talking about is not prediction. What I'm talking about is simply speaking into a present need into someone's life by the unction of God. It's that simple, okay? All of you have done it. 
you, you have. You might think you, you don't think you have, but you have. You've said something to somebody that mattered at that time for them. You might not have felt a, whoo, glory, I feel something now. You may not have felt anything from the Holy Spirit. You may not have felt you were compelled at all. But listen, those who live by the Spirit are prompted by the Spirit. You're constantly led by the Spirit, okay? How many of you are saved and filled with God's Holy Spirit? If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. How many of you are saved? Okay, now the Bible says those who are saved are led by the Spirit. Most of us have an opposite point of view. We think we're led by ourselves, and every now and then we let the Holy Spirit lead us. And that is not biblical. The Bible says that you are led by the Spirit. The thing that interrupts that is your flesh. It's the other way around. But so often we think we're heading our lives, leading our lives, and then we need to ask the Holy Spirit, oh, I I forgot about Him. Would you lead us? But it's not. Biblically, Paul says that we are led by the Spirit of God. And so the thing that interrupts that is our flesh and our compulsion. So everyone here has probably spoken to somebody under the unction of the Spirit at a time when they needed to hear what you had to say, okay? And so that's what I'm talking about. Let's see what uh, God wants us to do. He wants us God's Word spoken to people. This is where we've got to change what we're doing. You've been studying God's Word for you. God bless you, that's good, you're growing. But it's about time you started speaking God's Word for others and to others. God's looking for His church now to take this Word that they've digested. We've been to seminars, we've been to studies, you've been to church all your life, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday nights, tapes, CDs, conferences. You've been eating this Word long enough. Now will you please give it to somebody? So it's time, amen? It's time for us to speak God's Word to people. That means you're a vehicle of revelation. You're a vehicle of bringing the testimony of Jesus to someone. And God wants to use you. And that's what the prophecies were declared tonight. That God wants you to speak His words. Not your words, His words. It'll come out of you. So that's why I want to cover this basic level of prophecy. Let's take a quick look on your outline as to what Paul says about prophecy. In 1 Corinthians 14, he's talking about the gift of prophecy to the church. It's used for public gathering to edify, exhort, and comfort the body. But there's also a level to the prophetic that is simply person to person. And it's speaking in God's timing. Verse 1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Verse 31, you can all prophesy one by one. Verse 39, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. What do you think Paul's opinion is concerning prophecy? Just do it. Prophesy. Earnestly desire. King James says earnestly covet. There is a good coveting. It's a desire. It's a want. He said, I want you to prophesy. He said, look, I want you all to speak in tongues. Now, what he's differentiating is between the gift of tongues for the body and the gift of tongues or or tongues as a personal prayer life. He said, I want you all to pray in tongues. He said, but there's a tongues for the body. And there's a prophecy for the body, but he said, you all will prophesy. I want you all to speak in tongues, but more than that, I want you all to prophesy. Because speaking in tongues in a prayer language edifies yourself, 
Read 1 Corinthians 14. He's talking about building up your own faith. But the prophecy always edifies another. So in Paul's understanding, he always wants you to edify another, esteem others. You can build up your own faith by praying in tongues, but I want you to prophesy to others. The body of Christ needs to be built up by us speaking unto each other the blessings of the Lord. We have to build each other up. You can all prophesy one by one. Therefore, brethren, earnestly covet desire to prophesy. And this is what he says defining it. He says this, that, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men or to others. Okay? So this is the definition of the prophetic. And we're looking at it at a very, very basic level of edifying someone, exhorting someone, and comforting someone. Has anybody here, let's say in your own ability and power, has anybody here ever edified someone? Right? Have you ever exhorted someone? You can do it! Have you ever comforted someone? All right, now, you know how to do this. So you know how to prophesy. Oh, but pastor, I didn't get the feeling. I didn't get the rush. I didn't feel flushed. I didn't get the little shiver. I didn't sense the wind blowing on me. I didn't feel the will of God saying, go, my child, and speak. You don't have to. He abides in you at all times. You don't need any of that but to be sensitive. Listen. Half the time, your compassion for someone is developed there by the Holy Spirit. When you're looking and someone catches your eye, would you please begin to trust it's the Spirit of God moving in you? And as you're seeing someone and you need to hear them and exhort them, it's the Holy Spirit. You're prophetically being moved by God. It's a God now moment. You ever been at a cash register at the checkout line or this or that? You see the lady working, she's tired. You say, you look lovely today. Would God say that? Absolutely! Well, maybe she thinks I'm flirting with her. No, speak it in a, in a way that's going to bless. You, it, and, and sometimes the simplest things that you can say to someone will bless them richly. Because they might be standing in that place thinking, I'm the ugliest person here. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. I'm invisible. Nobody sees me. And you step up and go, you look lovely today. And it penetrates their heart because you just prophesied and comforted and exhorted them in the Spirit of God at the time they needed to hear it. You don't need to understand the timing in their life. You just need to do it and let God work the timing out. Let's define these words if we can. 1 Corinthians 14.3, what does it mean to edify? How many of you have, well, we're building a new edifice out here, aren't we? And, and you can't see it wrapped in plastic, but it's out there. We're building a, an edifice. What's the concept of edify is to build up, to build up. Do you know how many child psychologists tell us how important it is to build up children, how to speak to young people? They instruct teachers to speak well to their students, to encourage them, edify them. They say that children will learn uh, uh, even much more than they do if you would touch them. If you put a hand on the shoulder, you're doing a good job. Give them a pat. Say hi. This edifies. This builds up. Some of you are starving to be built up. You've been torn down all your life. 
You've been ridiculed. You've been dogged. Some people in this room tonight need to be edified, built up. Do you think you could say something nice to someone? Jerry can. I can hear him. How about any of you? But I don't talk a lot. I'm a very quiet person. If, 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 if someone needed help and you're still a shy, quiet person, would you help them? Yeah. So you don't have to be loud. You don't have to be funny. You don't have to be gregarious. You don't have to be clever. You don't have to be witty. Just be you and say something that edifies someone. We're, we're, we're going to shift our lives into being prophetic people. I'm telling you, this is exciting. It is fun. It is amazing when you begin to, wherever you go, every time you go somewhere, it becomes an adventure. You see someone at the door, you go, hello, how are you? You look lovely. But I'm shy and quiet. Then say it like this. Hi, you're not lovely. I don't care how you say it, but begin to say it. You've got to begin to step out and speak for the Lord. So it means to build up. Now the church is God's building. We're living stones and He wants us to build each other up. So many words, uh, uh, so many verses in Scripture talk about edifying one another, edifying the body, edifying, edifying, build up, build up, build up, build up. Because the devil wants to do what? Tear down. How many of you are tired today? Anybody been attacked today? Did anybody get attacked today? Anybody feel like they were torn down? Okay, I see hands out here, okay. So you're coming into this place, into this service, and what do you think the Spirit of God would want to do for your tired soul? Lift you up, wouldn't he? The Father wants to edify you and encourage you and lift you up. What is exhortation? It comes from the Greek word paraklesis, which means solace, entreaty, to console, admonition, to uh, uh, admonish and, and exhort you unto something. It comes from the same root, root word, paraklesis, comes from the same root word uh, of the name of the Holy Spirit, which is parakletos, one who is called alongside of. So uh, consider it a word that comes alongside of another, a word that brings aid. Just like the Holy Spirit is the Paracletos, He's the one who walks alongside us. He, he's with us. So a word of exhortation is, listen, God is with you. God will hear you. Uh, I remember one time I was, I was at uh, 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 Memorial Park, Jefferson 13 Mile Road. And I was just hanging out. I went for a walk. It was a summer day, so I drove over there and went for a walk. And I'm walking, and there's a lady, and, I, and I'm, so first thing I start thinking is, God, give me a word for this lady. Give me a word for this lady. What can I say to this lady? I want to encourage her. I see her out here. Lord Jesus, what can I say? And I'm waiting for, you know, something pretty profound or something mysterious. You know, I know that your third son has this issue, and on his left toe, God's going to fix it. You know, something profound and neat, you know. I was looking for that, and I, I got nothing. So I'm circling around. Come on, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to say to her? Anything. And all I, all I could sense was, you know, God hears your prayers. Okay, yeah, big, that, that, wasn't a, I, that wasn't a big deal to me. I wanted more. But anyways, then it took me, I had to get my nerve up to go and pass by her, and I saw her, and I said, hey, you know, I've been praying for you, and 
I'm just sensing that God wants you to know he hears your prayers. God hears my prayers. She was crying out, oh God, do you hear my prayers? That's all she wanted to know, does God hear my prayers? And so some, some guy out of nowhere comes and says, hey, God, here's your prayers. See, I was trying to weigh it. I was trying to measure it. I want something better, God, something fancier, you know. But just do what he tells you to do. Exhort. And, and it'll come alongside. The Holy Spirit will come alongside them by whatever word you have to exhort them with. Now, now what does comfort mean? Paramuthia, which means consolation, to console. And it has the sense of comforting or consoling those who are suffering or struggling. Okay? So a word of comfort. Exhortation can comfort someone, but that word for comfort here really means to help someone who is down, someone who is sorrowful. And so we need to bring that kind of comfort. You know what? There is prophetic hugs. Uh, can I encourage you at funerals and places, you, you really don't know exactly what to say. You just being there has a presence of comfort. Uh, in chaplaincy training, I don't know if any of you have ever been through chaplaincy training, but the concept of chaplaincy training is this, you bringing the presence of God into a traumatic situation. And the way you bring the presence of God into a traumatic uh, situation is you being there. You don't have to have an answer, a solution. Listen, we're in the middle of a trauma here. That's not the time to say, it must be the will of God that this has happened. You know what? Please don't say that. Just, just be there and begin to console. Prophetically begin to comfort. Hold someone. You go to a funeral just say, oh, man, I'm sorry, I love you. Hold them, right? Be there. Listen to them. There is prophetic comfort in this. You see a co-worker, and they're working away, and you notice a little glint, a tear, a little something, and they don't want anyone to notice. But you take a few minutes, and you say, you know what? Are you okay? Is everything all right? Because I'm here if you need me. <laughs> right? You, you were there in time, right? On, but you're watching, you're observing. Don't think you have to have some kind of Holy Spirit experience for it to be activated by the Holy Spirit. Just you responding is an activation of the Holy Spirit. Everything you do as a believer, you want to believe and you want to know that you're being led by the Spirit of God. So trust that. Trust it. You want a vision. You want something. No, just move on it. God is using it. Most of you hear God more often than you think you hear God. Most of you are responding to the Lord without you even realizing you're responding to the Lord. You just need to become more alert to it and know that it's happening. Now, let me share with you Ephesians 4.29. I want us to get to this place of doing these things. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Right? But only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We're going to break this verse apart, and I want you to see five points out of this verse in which God wants you to use your mouth as a prophetic tool to edify, exhort, and comfort people. Many of you say, what do I have to offer the kingdom of God? 
I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a preacher. I don't have a traveling ministry. I don't have Listen, you've got everything, all the equipment you need. You've got a mouth, and you can get to people. That's the ministry of the kingdom of God. So begin to share it. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. So, first of all, it's an interesting phrase. Some of the other, uh, who's got their Bible open to this? Has anybody got their Bible open to this? Uh, what are some other translations? Let no corrupting talk. Say it loud. No corrupt communication. Okay, so corrupt communication. Some newer translations, go ahead. Unwholesome talk. Okay. Anyone else got anything? All right. Corrupt. Yeah, very good. That's closer to the Greek. Spoiled, rotten, putrid. What is yours? Amplified? Yeah, okay. So uh, that is actually what the Greek says. It's spoiled or rotten. Uh, the Greek word for corrupt uh, uh, or unwholesome is actually the word, the word spoiled, like rotten fruit, rotten. And the word for talk is logos. Is that amplified? That's good, Paula. That's amplified? Yeah, yeah, that's amplified like on 10. Okay. <laughs> For one word, they give you a paragraph. But it is, it's spoiled. Now listen, what is included in that is unwholesome, putrid, filthy, filthy language. So what would that include? What do you think, folks? Curse words? Profanity? What else? Give me some other words. Gossip? Cursing? What's that? Negative talk? Slander? Condemning? All right, this is corrupting talk. Could I ask a personal question? How often does that seep out of our mouths? Right? I, I, I know that there's... I, I get this all the time from young people and young Christians who just come to the Lord a lot of times. It's like, well, you know, a swear word in our language is different in another language. It just means, it doesn't mean much. It's just, you know, it's, it's the colloquialism of our language and, and this and that. So the F word is just, you know, for us in our language it means this. In another language you could use another word. I'm sorry, it says no corrupt, no foul language should come out of our mouths. Why? Why not? What does it matter? It's just words. Grieves the Holy Spirit, right? You are a holy vessel, and you're bringing something to this world and to this earth. Can I tell you something? This earth was created by words, God's words. God wants you to be a representative of Him. Your words represent Him. The enemy tears people down by words, concepts. We're to take ideologies and were to take them captive to the authority of Christ. I mean, how did communism start? Ideas, words. How, how did evolution start? Ideas, words, concepts, 
that, that happened. How did Nazism start? Ideas, words, and uh, putting it out there. You pass one idea to another by what form? Words, concepts. It's very heavy. It's very important. So he says, first of all, you shouldn't let anything that is rubbish come out of your mouth. That word talk is logos. So it says the corrupted logos. Let no corrupt logos. What's the logos? Logos means word. Let no corrupted logos. All right? Because you represent the logos of God. The word of God. We'll get into it in a minute, but James says you can't mix salt water with pure water. You shouldn't have profanity coming out of this mouth and then blessing too. But no one heard me, so it's okay. He heard you. More importantly, you heard you. And so we've got to get this set. So he says let no corruptive talk. So what would the opposite of corruptive talk be? Holy talk. Blessing talk. All right, so if we're not to have corruptive or rubbish talk, we shouldn't have, how many remember this? I remember my junior high school teacher used to always say this in an assembly. We have no potty mouth. Do you remember that? I thought potty mouth, that's kind of weird. All right, but that's, it's quoting Ephesians 4.29. It's rubbish talk, rubbish talk. We shouldn't be speaking rubbish talk. We should be speaking holy talk, blessing talk. That's what he's saying, the opposite. So we should be speaking more of blessing. All right, so let's not gossip about people. Let's not slander people. What is prophetic talk? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. So that's holy talk. And that's what's needed in the body of Christ. Instead of tearing someone down, look, we can have opinions about each other, but we should not attack each other's characters. All right? You may not get along with someone, and that's perfectly understandable. We have different personalities, different ways that you just may not, it just doesn't work, okay? You love them, you're committed to them, they're not your enemy, but it just, it's, maybe it's not a friendship, fine, but don't go past the line of moving into unwholesome talk about them. And, and you know when you cross it. You know the Holy Spirit's saying, ah, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't, don't, don't say it. Don't say Oh, you said it. How many of you know that struggle? Right? All right, so now in this verse he says, let no rubbish talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up. What's the word for building up? Edifying. So what he says is what I want to have come out of your mouth is that which is good for building up. How do you know what is good for building up? You've got to be intentional about this. So this is, you have to discern what is good for them and what is going to build them up. When you're confronting, you're with someone else, there's general edifying words, but if you want to be a little more deliberate, you need to find out what will bless them. You need to have conversation. You need to speak to them. The Lord will encourage you to give them a good word of edification. Do you see what I'm saying? Not just a general one. We do that with people we don't know and we meet and say hello this, hello that. But there are times if you could spend just a few more minutes with them, you can get a sense of what they need. Could I ask you from now on when you're with people, around people, you would begin to search the Holy Spirit and say, what good thing can I say to them? 
you see, now you're living out your Christianity in every situation, wherever you go, with all people. You have an assignment now 24-7. And when you talk to them, what good thing can I say to them? What good thing can I say about them? Right? And so they've got a purple mohawk and 75 piercings and a tattoo across their face. And you go, you know what? You're quite a colorful person. They are. You know why? Because they're expressing themselves. You go, wow, man, you're expressive. God loves expressive people. That's cool. And something, wow, okay, you, you're paying attention to me. I like this stuff. And, and you're not putting me down, and you're not saying this or that. You're saying that you're recognizing me. And so it's good to build them up. See what I'm saying? Begin to identify people. Look at... Uh, we, are, we, we are to speak the gospel, but you don't have to be the sin police. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide them. Will you begin to care and love for people in all shapes and sizes, however they look? And begin to speak into their life. The Holy Spirit wants to get into their life, but when we begin to condemn and shut them down, they shut doors and God can't begin to work because the words you used have no edification to them and never entered their heart. Let's begin to speak into people's lives. Amen? Now, so he says, don't use rubbish words, but good words. Good for building. Good for building. Consider that now. I need good words for building them. Good for building. Not just any old thing, but I want to now move into speaking words that are good for building, right? Now he goes on and he says, as fits the occasion. What does that mean? Timing. Timing fits the occasion. And, and, uh, We've got to be led of the Lord by that. We've, we have to have developing the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. But it fits the occasion. And that's where the prophetic comes in. That's where the urge of the Holy Spirit, that's where the unction of the Holy Spirit. And half the time, many of you have an unction of the Spirit and you, and, and you don't know it. But say it. Take the risk. Take the leap of faith. Say what you think. Say what, what is being compelled. All right, And it fits the occasion. It's God using you for a time and a moment that will fit the occasion just right. And what he's looking for are Christians that have their antennas up, ready to hear a signal from God. You're alert, right? You want to be used instead of being so self-focused and centered on your activities. All right? So he, he says, healthy words, not rubbish words. Good words for building at the right time. Uh, Proverbs 25 says, a word aptly, aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. I, I guess Solomon was hungry that day. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, yellow golden apples sitting in a silver bowl. Maybe he was sitting at his table writing this. Wisdom thought for the day. That apple looks really good. Ah, so is a good word. Just like that crispy apple. Aptly applied. Now, he goes on and he says this, that it may give grace to those who hear. And here's an interesting thing. Give grace. The Greek word for grace is charis. 
It's the same word for, as gifts. Gifts. Charismata. Now, you've heard of charismata. Charismatics. All right? They're people who believe that the gifts or the charises of the Lord are still functioning today. And so this, the, the word for gifts is the same word as grace. So grace and gifts, okay, are the same things. And so this verse says, give gifts. And what are the gifts he's saying we're giving? Words. Words. Words coming out of your mouths. Right? You could write a letter to it, it'll work. But let no corrupt talk, no rubbish talk come out of your mouths, but only, so what should come out of our mouths, that which is good for building at the right time and occasion as a gift of grace. Gift of grace. Don't sometimes you wish you could just have like tons of money? I don't know why. Twice today I heard the lottery where you could win $1,000 a week and then I watched TV before I came and it said you could win $5,000 a week. And of course, first thing I think of is I would really like to win $5,000 a week or $1,000 a week. I don't know about you, but, but I would really like that. In fact, the $5,000 a week said if you win, you could put someone else's name. And I turned to my wife and says, how come no one's put our name in for that? <laughs> so if anybody wins, I'm just putting my name out there. But come on, don't you hear those things and you go, what I could do with 1000 bucks a week? This is amazing. And then don't you think sometimes, I wish I had money. I just give to people, give to people. We've got something better. We've got gifts of grace that come out of our mouths freely to bless people. We are not utilizing the full potential of what God has given in us to give to others. Words, words, words. They're free. They're completely free. You've got an abundance of them. Women, you're better at this than guys are, but you've got tons of them. Give it away. In fact, women are better at prophetically speaking into people's lives because they're used to speaking and edifying. But also women, that same problem is with... It's true. I ain't backing off of that. Not backing off of that for a minute. Guys got eye problems. Guys got the problem with the eyes. They're looking at all sorts of things they shouldn't be looking at. But I'm not backing off of the mouth, ladies. (laughs) It's your gift. I want you to know so many times your gift can also become your biggest problem, right? But ladies, you are blessed. You are amazing at being able to speak into life. So utilize this. Give grace. They're grace gifts. Men, begin to speak. We have too many mute men. The enemy has silenced men. Men have lost their positions, lost their functions, lost their leadership, and I'll tell you why. They shut their mouths up. They become silent. I won't go there. I'll I'll keep going. All right, I'm going to go there anyways. They're like the guys that follow their wives around Myers and Kmarts and shopping and don't know what to do. You ever see those guys? I don't want to be that guy. So when I go shopping with my wife, I tell her, tell me what to get. I want to go down an aisle and get something. Because I am not going to walk behind you like this. 
And I feel like that's the men of the church. We're not engaged in warfare. We're not engaged in prayer. We're not engaged. We're walking behind. All right, so that's an illustration. I, I don't know if I offended anybody. All right, give grace to those who hear. Let's keep going. All right, last of all, and do not what? Grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve the Holy Spirit. So in this verse, what is the thing that grieves the Holy Spirit? Words. What comes out of our mouths? Isn't that something? Okay. Let's... The opposite of grieving the Holy Spirit would be what? Bringing, bringing joy. Bringing joy to the Holy Spirit. So corrupt talk will grieve the Holy Spirit. So let's flip it. Positive. Uh, edifying, exhortation, and comforting words coming out of your mouths to build people up at the fit time to give them a gift that is gracious, that will mend them, brings joy to the Holy Spirit. He wants to use you in this capacity so that you will be filled with the joy of God. There is something so powerful that you possess, the Holy Spirit in you, and the way you share Him is with your what? Mouth words. This is the first, most basic element of the prophetic. We must be a prophetic people. You must begin to share this with others. Now, let me just share with you some of the negative things. He says corrupt talk, rubbish talk. We, we already talked about that. But do you know how many people use words to manipulate and control? Have you ever been manipulated or controlled or attempted to be manipulated and controlled by words? Have you ever been guilted into something, shamed into something, right? Coerced into something by words or, or uh, uh, untruths, lies, uh, ideas that are spun a certain way, and you found out you were deceived. You don't like it, do you? No, but this happens all the time. How, how do you think the world runs? advertisements, spin doctors, all this stuff. It's all words. Wake up, everybody. It's all words. Begin to know the truth so you can begin to discern it. And I want to tell you there's witchcraft and divination in this because it's a part of act of, of control. Witchcraft is controlling people and manipulating people. Divination is, is to coerce and to manipulate people into falsehood and lies. Now we do it, people do it, even people in the church use these things. I'm sorry to say, but people who stand behind pulpits move sometimes into the realm of manipulation. Now there's nothing wrong at all with persuasion, fully persuading someone. You're offering them the information and giving them the opportunity to make a decision. That's simply persuasion. But manipulation is another problem. Coercion is another problem. And there's a lot of that in the pulpit. There's a lot of that in churches. I'm sorry to say, but there's a lot of witchcraft in churches where there's control issues. And, And this is grieving the Holy Spirit of God. So God wants none of this stuff. He wants what is right, what is positive to come forth in His church. So what he wants at the basic level are these three things. 
that we would use at the right time to fit the right occasion as a gift for someone else. It's called edification, exhortation, and comfort. Let's begin to put these things to use. Amen? All right. Let's pray, and you can, we'll have question and answer. Father, we...